Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 108 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How you doing? I'm good. So today we are talking about things our kids can do by themselves if we just let them. So we're focusing on (laughs) we're focusing on independence today, a little bit about helping around the house and chores, which is a topic we've touched on before. But more generally, how do we know when our kids are ready for some more responsibility, whether that's helping around the house or being more independent out in the world and how not to fall into this mom trap of doing it all for them because it's easier. It's easier. Yes. Yes. So I just heard from a teacher, an eighth grade teacher, by the way, who uh, one of her students asked if he would tie, if she would tie his shoes. Oh no. Because he was, he was able, <laughs> well, I think he just didn't really want to. So yeah, Certainly. yes, it is. And this is a hot topic. You see a lot of articles and books on this out in the world. And like I said, yeah, we've touched on some of these themes, but never a whole episode really on this idea of independence. Yes. And our kids range from, Four to 19. So we're going to try and talk about what this looks like over that whole spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. 
That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so I also wanted to let our listeners know before I forget that we have Katie's segment coming up at the end of this episode. And we are getting such great feedback about that. I would love to have Katie on even more maybe in the future, see what that looks like. So um, those of you who've written to us to say how much you're enjoying those segments I do with Katie, which are usually about new mom life since her kids are really little, um, stick around to the very end of this episode and you will hear the latest. So I didn't want to forget to mention that. Okay. Okay. Shall we jump into the? We're starting from the the inside out, right? Like we're starting inside the house. Yeah. 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 So let's let's just talk through um, maybe some things. Maybe I'll start with kind of how where I am with this because I feel like when you and I did an episode about chores two years ago, I was in a very different place, and I I actually in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember kind of feeling bad that I wasn't making my kids do more chores. And you, I remember kind of reassuring me and saying, you know, it just takes a while. It takes a while for kids to be ready. And I was kind of feeling like, especially with my older two kids, that I was falling down on the job because the most I ever asked them to do was to play with their little sister, because that was honestly (laughs) the most helpful thing. Um, But a lot has changed. So we're heading into summer right now. And I've sort of started jokingly saying this is the summer of self-reliance with my kids because, (laughs) you know, kids are home a lot more in the summer. And I'm realizing that they're like, mom, can I have a glass of water? Mom, yes. can I? And and I've just started saying very cheerfully, like, sure, help yourself. Right. And we had this moment. This yeah. was like maybe a month or two ago. And we were at a restaurant, like a busy restaurant. And you know, when the food comes, when your kids are little, there's a lot of like plate sharing and shuffling and cutting yeah. stuff up. And it's kind of like a flurry. And someone handed Reed the ketchup for his hot dog. And he goes, I don't squirt my own ketchup. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, we all stopped. And we were like, You do Uh, now. Like, but I feel like you you probably didn't notice. No, no. And it's not like we were coddling. Oh, let me do your ketchup for you, honey. But you just it just happens. And I want to make moms not feel bad if you feel like you've kind of fallen behind or your kids are probably ready for more and you haven't taken that slowed down to take the time to give them more responsibility because I've totally been there. But I feel like we're in a good place right now. My youngest is four and she's a very independent, capable four. Um, so I do feel like this summer I'm really intentionally starting to give them more responsibility. And I also want to say too, when we talk about these things, I don't think today we're going to be talking about formalizing chores and chore charts. And you and I have shared our opinions on that in the past. It's 
it's more like what things are these kids ready for? So it may look different. Like if you decide to put that on a chart or a list for your kid, that's great. We're not even really going to go there. We're more just going to talk about what types of what types of jobs are they ready for and how do you get them ready if they're not there yet? So and I think I need to make a huge caveat here. Yeah, this is a lifetime process. Yeah. And your kids will be ready for things and may never do them independently without being reminded. I'm just seeing, you know, the voice of reason here. So um, a couple of examples in my house, uh, when you first walk in the back door, there's a room where all the shoes, you know, everyone takes their shoes off. Yeah. It's sort of like an area for the shoes, but it's not a very big area. So you have to be kind of mindful about, you can't just kick your shoes off anywhere. You kind of have to find a place for them. Right. And this is the time of year when I start to realize how much my kids don't do for themselves because right. they've been home now for three days. <laughs> We're recording this um, in my first week, the full week of the kids being home from school. Yeah. And I'm looking around the stuff that used to be out of sight because they were all at school. And then right. when they came home, I could kind of pounce on them and be like, Hey, put your backpack away or put your shoes where they go. I'm right. usually, they just kind of like throughout the day come in and out. So there's like shoes everywhere. And of course they can handle their own shoes. Like right. they know how to do it. Um, they're certainly all capable. They just don't. And so yeah. that's one of those things, you know, or like bringing plates into areas of the house yeah. you're not supposed to be and yeah. things like that. And I have to just, I just want to make it really clear that, this is an ongoing process that you will do until your children are adults. They will yes. still be messing up your house when they're 30 years old, probably less, you hope. But yes. it's just kids are kids, and there's a certain lack of mindfulness yep. that goes along with you know many, many kids because they're immature. That means even when they're ready, they won't always do this stuff consistently. Yes. And I just want to say that so you don't feel bad, like, like you haven't s- trained... I'm I'm so glad you did. And I think, yeah, we've talked about this in other um, areas, too. Like when we talk about reminding kids to speak nicely to each other and say please and thank you. And we get this resistance like I've said it once. I shouldn't have to say it again. Or I've said it for five years. I shouldn't have to keep (laughs) saying it. And I think there's a certain amount of acceptance (laughs) that really helps um, with the bitterness. (laughs) So I'm really glad you said that. And also, I left dishes in the sink at my house until I was in college, probably through college. We just got back from my parents. And I feel like I'm really conscientious now about making sure I'm helping with the dishes. But I'm 37. (laughs) It took a long time. And you have your own children now. So you get Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, a little different. So. I know. I'm really glad you brought that up. And again, when I list some of these things that my kids are working on, um, it's not going to be I'm sounding really optimistic, but that's because it's the second week of summer and I'm all fired up about this. So <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Um, OK, so I just wrote down a few things I thought I'd throw out. Um Loading and unloading the dishwasher has never been a kid job so far. And part of that is because, you know, I have my own. They stink at it. Yes, they stink at it. I have my own way I like it done. And then there's just the logistics like sharp knives and things that go up high. Um, But I know, I mean, Allegra is nine and she's a tall nine. So she's been capable for a long time. I just haven't turned this one over and I'm starting to with really with all three of them. And so I'm just sort of when there's a moment where it needs to be loaded or unloaded, um, I will ask them to help. I'm trying to start to get them. They've been clearing their plates and bringing them to the sink for quite a while now. And that's become automatic, which is a good mm-hmm. it's a good reminder to me that some things really do become automatic after a while. All, all three of them will, will clear their plate from the table and bring it to the sink. So now I'm trying to add to that to load it into the dishwasher. We got a new dishwasher, which really helps. And it is 
actually effective, unlike our old dishwasher, which you basically had to make a big difference. Yeah. So if they put stuff in with just basic scraping it into the garbage, the dishwasher does fine. And so they don't have to pre-wash or anything like that. Um, And in terms of unloading, you know, Reed and Violet are too short to reach some of the things, but I just have had them stack things on the counter. So um, it's not going to look perfect for a while, but that was one that I decided everybody was ready for Mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, So another thing we just did is we just went on our first little short trip of the summer and I had everybody pack their own suitcases completely. And um, I just gave Allegra and Reed a list and it just said like three shirts, three bottoms, six pairs of underwear, pajamas, sweatshirt, you know, like a really simple packing list. And they did it and their outfits weren't what I would have picked out. But I have to recognize there's been a little bit of that like perfectionism holding Mm -hmm. back from some of this. Um, And it was so freeing to just send them to pack their suitcases. So that's probably an example. The fact that it was so easy is an example is a testament to the fact that I probably waited too long because now Violet needed a little more help and she can't read. So we, we, she, but even she said, how many days are we going for? And then she had fun picking out, you know, the right number of everything. So yeah, it was that easy, which means they probably could have been doing it for a while and I can let go of caring what they wear on vacation, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I've decided that Allegra is going to be packing lunches starting in the fall, hopefully for herself and Reed, maybe for all three of them. She loves food. I've talked about it. She loves cooking and food preparation. So this is a good one for her. She gets really distracted still with big jobs and jobs that require like... I don't know, like a big room clean or something. But because she loves food and lunches are relatively like we have the little bento boxes. It's like they have four holes in them. You just fill the holes with something, you know. (laughs) So I'm going to get her started this summer when um, when we go. They're doing a few camps and stuff. So when there are lunches to be packed, I'm going to start her this summer. Um, And then just a couple others that we are working on is like... If you're going to Taekwondo and it's the week where you have to bring your sparring gear, which is something that happens for Allegra, there's a calendar. It's on the bulletin board and it says right. it right there. Yes. But I have never trained my kids. So this is on me. I have never explained the process I go through to be prepared on that day. And in particular yep. with this Taekwondo thing, I keep forgetting because it's just not a priority for me, I think. And it only happens like twice a month that they have to bring their special gear. So that's another one where I think summer's kind of a nice time because schedules are a little slower and just teaching them. Here's the calendar. Here's where it says. And you can be responsible for this. And if you forget yes. it, it's now on you. No, I'm not going to do that. Definitely like, in there with baseball. And that yes. Kind of thing. Like you can you can get your own cup. I don't right. have to go looking for that. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that I would imagine takes a while. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of at the very beginning of putting them in charge of gear like that. But do you feel like that's still ongoing? There's in your resistance. House? I mean, in my house, it's it's uh, well, Owen's in, in baseball and William's in a play and he's mm-hmm. misplaced his script a few times. And, yeah. you know, I've misplaced mine as well. The difference is I, I start looking for mine early in the day because I know yeah. rehearsals coming up and he's like, oh, everyone else is in the car. And I don't know where my script is. So that yeah. kind of thing. And he's 13. For Owen, it's baseball, and yeah, I mean, he was in his third or fourth fourth year of baseball, and you know, he's very he's very willing to track the pieces of his uniform down when I ask. Right, he just doesn't think to like tra- keep track of it. It doesn't, doesn't occur to him on his own. When he throws it in the the hamper, he doesn't then think two right. days later, "Hey, did that end up in the wash or where it might be?" He's getting better. He knows where he does now. Always know where his bag is with his balls and bats and all that stuff. So that right. that helps. 
but like you, his uniform still it takes some work on my end to make sure that that's in place. Well, and I think what some of the experts out there would say on this is if it's something that keeps happening over and over again for us, the Taekwondo sparring equipment, I was I was not doing it at all, which is a good indicator that it's really not my job. But I also hadn't trained my kid to do it. So um, needing sort of like a different strategy. And I know yeah. checklists can be really helpful for kids. Anything visual. You and I have talked about how we need visual cues, like the calendar right. on the. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, it's but I would imagine that's kind of a an ongoing thing. Um, let's talk about f- food and dishes a little bit yeah. more. Cause this is, there's so much in here and summer is a time for, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Yes, <laughs> can I have another is. snack? Um, so I'm cu- I want to hear what that looks like in your house. But one thing I have been trying, especially with Allegra, who's oldest is I felt like I was always the one saying yes or no to food. And I didn't like that for a number of reasons. It's annoying to always be, granting permission to have certain kinds of snacks. But also, I, I want them to start to listen to their own bodies and have a basic understanding of what does make sense to eat at 4.30 in the afternoon. Probably not like an entire turkey sandwich if we're about to have dinner. Like I Eventually, I want <laughs> that to occur to them. So um, we have I have been like teaching Allegra to read portion recommendations on snacks because she's a big snacker. And so she would just grab a bag of popcorn and sort of eat the whole thing. And rather than controlling that, which doesn't quite feel right to me, I've been trying to say, okay, well, look at the, what does it say on there? A cup? Okay, we'll pour that into a bowl and have that Mm -hmm. and then have a different food group with it. Try something else. So it's both, it's both the can I get it for you? Can you get it for me and put it on a plate in front of me? But also sort of teaching them the independence that comes with feeding yourself semi-healthfully. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot in there. There's a lot in here. Okay. So this is probably the biggest one in my house is anything food related, um, especially this time of year. And this is going to sound kind of weird. Maybe not. I'm finding that with my, in my house, the things my kids are ready, like everybody except for Clara is past the age where they want to do things just to make me happy. There's the <laughs> okay. only one who's still in that age. Like she will still do something just because she knows I want her to, and right. she wants to please me pretty much everyone else, including Owen to a large extent. He's still kind of straddling that line, but uh, you know, everyone else has is growing a conscience of their own, I suppose, or yeah. has their own ideas about things. And what I'm finding is instead of, it's not so much that they need to learn how to, how to do these things, they need to want to. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that is really hard to teach. Um, food is a big trigger because there's so many ways to be really irresponsible with food. Yeah. And to uh, offend me. Yeah. <laughs> with food. So many ways to make it's, mom mad. Yeah. Well, here's an example. So yesterday I, I bought, um, about once a week, I'll be at the grocery store and I'll throw a pack of donuts in, in the cart. And the donuts are always meant to be eaten for breakfast the next day. Always. Always. Mm-hmm. There's never an exception. I don't right. ever buy donuts and then just hand them out. <laughs> ever. Okay. So Isaac walks in the house and he says, hey, what are these donuts for? And I was like, well, what do you think they're for? And he said, <laughs> breakfast. And I said, yep, you're right. So I put them on top of the fridge, which also is where food goes that's not for anyone else to eat. Right. It's like food that I'm stashing away. Right. It's very clear. Like yeah. the system is very, very clear. Um, I get home that night and I'm cleaning up the kitchen and I knew I was working radio early in the morning and I wanted to have the donuts out. So that when the kids got up in the morning, they could have the donuts. And I open it up. Well, I pick, take it down. It's very light. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's about half empty. Yeah. And so I walked around the house with this package of donuts. <laughs> and basically, it was I was really mad. Yeah. Well, it turned out William had opened them and eaten a bunch. But then 
Isaac saw him and also get got in on the action. And I went upstairs and I was like, well, how do you think it makes me feel when I tell you I bought this for a very specific purpose and then you don't have the respect to keep your hands out of it? I mean, at least Will, for William, he also knew better, but at least he didn't blatantly. Yeah, he hadn't directly asked you. Yes, exactly. But he also knew better. And it was like deer in the headlights when I brought it up. He's like, well, I wasn't going to eat any in the morning. And I said, it doesn't matter. These aren't for you to eat. It's very obvious. So that is a harder thing to teach, right? It's like all I can do is tell. I mean, I'm not going to start locking up food. Right. Um, The only thing that I could do is make them feel really bad. (laughs) But they kind of deserved to feel really bad. It was like I said, I know this is a silly little thing. I don't ask that much of you guys. But I may, I'm really thoughtful about the way I buy food. Yeah. And it's really offensive to me that stuff like this happens. Yeah. And they're just looking at me like, oh, crap, you know? Yeah. I think at their age, they're old enough to handle a little bit of you disappointed mom. Yeah. Uh, in a big way kind of a thing. And you should have known better. But I would say most of those kinds of offenses in my house are food related. I mean, yeah. stuff like everyone knows that if you eat oatmeal and don't put water in the bowl, it turns into cement. Yes. And yet there's always a culprit and part of it is that they're thoughtless because they're teenagers and part of it is that they're in a hurry or scattered or whatever. And I just keep hammering home. So for me, things like, um, there's that thoughtlessness and that kind of disregard that Mm -hmm. is one, like the ethical, like do the right thing, even when no one's watching. Correct. Um, that's what I'm trying to teach them now. Right. As opposed to like, this is how you feed yourself healthfully. And right. Even stuff like that. Like, the kids, the older kids know how to take, how to eat in a healthy way, um, how to eat a reasonable portion, how to not leave dishes everywhere, just like in a healthy and polite way. And they just yeah. don't always choose to do that. So yeah. I guess that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clara and Owen, there's really nothing in the kitchen except cooking a full meal that they can't do. They know right. how to like, they don't always want to spread their own peanut butter, but they right. know how. If I'm right. There. It's more this idea of, we're going to do the things that we've been asked to do just because it's the right thing to do. Right. And that is, that's not easy. That no. is a, even when they seem to be those kind of kids young, yeah. they don't always stay those kind of kids. No, I wasn't. I mean, I, yeah, yeah I, yeah, that is, it's really good for, I, I really enjoy hearing about it because it's, it's both bringing back memories of my own teenage years and then also mm-hmm. giving me a view ahead. And I feel, yeah. And I feel like all I can do is just keep reinforcing and keep reinforcing. I, I don't really know any other way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there, yes, just like we always say to like the kid who's not potty training, like they won't go to kindergarten in diapers. Like right. probably yeah. everybody will rinse out their oatmeal bowl. At some, well, you know, at they'll, some do point. It. they'll do it. You know, they're going to do it when they have a roommate yeah. in college or their first house or whatever who never does it. And they realize how annoying it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, true. And I'm not ever going to leave an oatmeal bowl in the sink long enough for anyone to learn a lesson. Right. Because I don't want to have a gross house and yeah. I don't want, you know, food. I don't want banana peels laying around the living room. So I might make a kid go clean it up, but I'm yeah. not ever going to like let natural. Con- I, I, I know a lot of parents who really like the idea of natural consequences. And I think it works really well for certain things and certain age groups. Right. But if the kids literally don't care that there is, you know, a rotting bowl of food with like flies buzzing around it. Right. Then they don't. There's no natural consequence for a sloppy 13 year old. And and then it's it's, It's on me. That's my problem. Yeah. And you have to live with it. No, I agree that that's a hard one, too. Well, one thing I do think about summer is even though it feels naggy, I find that I'm much more on top of my kids 
to take care of their messes and their stuff right away when when we don't have to rush in the morning. That's when that's when I feel like I sometimes reinforce bad habits is the morning rush lets people leave underwear on the floor and oatmeal bowls in the sink. So I think that's why I get so motivated in summer to be like, nope, we have the time. We're going to follow through on this one. Yeah. Um, And and I noticed, too, like even this year, it wasn't as bad because there weren't as many kids or the kids weren't in the house as many hours. This is when things start to fall apart, right? Because it's not just that morning rush, but it's yeah. like just the all day slide. Yeah. Um, I, I need to talk to my babysitter next year. If you know, we still have the same arrangement about things like not letting the kids drop their clothes on the bathroom floor and leave them there when they're yeah. getting ready in the morning. Those kinds of things. I mean, yeah. that stuff is, I kind of let go because I thought, well, she's, you know, it's, I'm not here. I'm not going to yeah. tell her how to do her job. But at the same time, like, I don't want her picking up after them, and I don't. I don't want to pick up after them. Right. I want them to know that when you throw something on the floor, you pick it up. Yep. So again, it's just like oh, it just yeah. never ends. It's ongoing. It's I feel ongoing. like we're. I feel like we're sort of bleak right now. Um, well, isn't it funny how our slogan is always "It's all going to be okay," and mine, and then mine is kind of like, "Hey, it's actually never going to be okay." <laughs> Megan's is like, "It's all going to be okay," except there will always be oatmeal in your sink. Yeah, forever, well, it's all going to be okay, but it's never going to be perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yes, good slogan. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about. There's a couple of other things I think that really little kids can do. So to sort of circle back to our listeners whose kids don't do anything for themselves yet, which really is where I felt like I was two years ago, even though I had a seven year old, I felt like I really did everything. Um, so I do think we can offer some suggestions for parents of really little ones yeah. to have them start to be more independent. Um we talked about clearing your plate after you eat. I don't think I started doing that with my kids until they were a little too old, honestly. Probably because I had a newborn when they were like three and five, and I that sort of for- forgot for a few years. Well, and when you're in survival mode, you're not thinking about like what stage your five-year-old is yeah, no. they're capable of. You're like, yeah. how do I get to this evening? Exactly, <laughs> so, which is why it took me a while. But clearing your plate, I mean, one-year-olds, one and a half, anybody who's not in a high chair can clear their plate, or at least Anyone a part of mobile. their plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On two feet, probably. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I would have started emptying the dishwasher one part of it probably sooner or giving a little kid just a job of stacking the plastic plates or whatever you can, you know, we've talked about on this show that little kids are often sort of eager to help. Like you said, they don't, they still want to please. Um, so that's a good one. Sorting laundry. Um, if you do sort into lights and darks or at least sorting the socks out once they're clean. Um, Violet's really good at sweeping up and um, using the dustpan for a small mess. I wouldn't I wouldn't give her the whole broom and ask her to sweep a whole room because um, I don't think she's coordinated enough to like make a pile and get the corners. But if dog food spills or something or if she makes a yeah. mess, which is more likely, um, she's very capable with a little mini broom and dustpan. Um so I think for me, it's just always helpful to get that reminder. And it usually happens after a period of time where I feel like I'm doing everything. So I have to get a little fed up and then and then it right sizes itself and I start doling out jobs. So maybe let's talk about what are some things that happen in your house, maybe more successfully than leaving dishes in the sink? Because I know your kids do the dishes. They carry in groceries. What else yeah. do they do? I mean, you have to ask yeah, them. I but very, I very rarely carry, carry in groceries by myself. That is always a job um, for the kids. If I have kids in the car, it's whoever, whichever kids are with me. And if not, I usually call in the two, whoever's closest yeah. <laughs> um, to do it. Sometimes I'll call as I'm leaving the store and say, hey, in five minutes, I need your shoes. Like, it's cold out. I need yeah. your shoes on. I need you waiting by the back door. Um, so that's something that they've been doing for a long time. Um, the dishes, I mean, I do dishes, but everyone in the house can do the dishes. Yeah. Except I have to say, Clara can hand wash. 
but I've never had her unload or load the dishwasher. And part of that is only because there's so many other people ready yeah. to go. Yeah. It's just never been something. I don't think I've even ever thought about it. I probably <laughs> should. I just, she's kind of short still. She yeah. can't really reach easily into the sink. Yeah. So for her, it makes more sense to pull up a chair and yeah. like wash dishes by hand at the sink. And she does that kind of a lot, um, especially pots and pans and things that don't fit. Oh, that's um, good. Let's see. They can keep their own rooms neat. Um, and mostly do now some of the kids need more help with that. Like some of them get overwhelmed and some don't. So Claire's really good at keeping hers neat. Isaac's really good. William's really good. Owen has had some issues because he doesn't really like to work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You've, you've told, you said he's like the under the radar, the sneaky one under the radar sneaks, gets out of stuff. It's like, he's always got a reason why it's not fair that he should have to do something or why he'll do it later. It's like, he's always like, he's the biggest excuse maker. And so, and he's a staller. Mm-hmm. So often what will end up happening is if he has any joint chores, he ends up not pulling his weight at all. And sometimes I do think it's an overwhelmed thing. I think for him, like a space, that has got a lot of mess yeah. in it. Suddenly he's kind of shuts down and, and has a really hard time getting started. So when he was younger, I would do the thing where I, you know, I think we talked about this in one of the other episodes was like, you know, oh, and you pick up all the toy cars, and William, you t- pick up all the toy balls, and then that way right. someone was. Re- it was pretty obvious who did their job and yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, and also, it was such an easy, like it was a finite thing. Yes. For him, or I'd say pick up, you know, twenty five things. Right. Yes, that works. So um, sometimes I would make sure that I told them a higher number than there actually were things on the floor because I thought then they'd be like they feel like they beat the game. Right. Um, so you know, instead of coming up ten short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, that's it. I did my job. Um. Let's see what else they are getting better at keeping track. And again, this depends a lot on the kid of their own schedules. Um, Owen's really good about knowing when he's got a game coming up. Or oh, whatever. that's great. Um, Clara always knows when she's got gymnastics and thinks about her uniform and all that stuff. Oh, so that's they're getting great. better at that. They're yeah. Perfect. But they're getting better. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's great to and, hear. Oh, and pet care. So pet care is one. They're all capable of doing all of the pet care tasks. And so we have a cat now. We have a dog and we have two hamsters. Um, we used to have three hamsters and one ate the other one. So (laughs) also didn't the dog eat a hamster? Yes. We've had some very bad luck with hamsters. Um, Hamster crises. Good thing there's not. We have two and they seem to be, they seem to be hanging in there. (laughs) We figured out a cage situation and uh, apparently you cannot put two of the type together, even though the pet store lady told us you could. It didn't work out so good. So, um, we have a lot of, a lot of like pet care that needs to be handled now. And I didn't, you know, it was just a dog. It was no big deal. Yeah. I ended up doing a lot of it myself, except for, you know, they would feed him and her and stuff. But, uh, but now it's like the dog needs to be walked and fed and watered and the cat needs to be fed and watered and her litter needs to be scooped and cleaned. And then the cat, the hamsters need to be fed and watered and their, um, they need to be fed or, and their cages need to be cleaned. And the dog, I like her to be taken to the dog park every now and then. Mm-hmm. And Isaac, is easily capable of doing that now. And William too. So I actually, that was when I did have to make a list because I was getting confused. Yeah. They all know how to do everything. I was right. getting confused about who was actually doing everything. Yeah. And so um, now I do have that in, in a list. And that's, I think one of those things that's like the better, the earlier they start doing that, the better. Yeah. And I was a little lax on that at the beginning and I wish I'd been more 
I wish I'd been more on top of the pet care thing. Earlier. Yeah. And I feel like pet, cause we just got a puppy as a lot of our listeners know, and um, our kids are at a great age for it cause they are capable and it has been really helpful to me. That was actually, there was a lot about getting a puppy that has not been all that fun. And then I have been, this has yeah just been hard, but the kids ages and ability to help has actually been one of the best things. They really have yeah. been super helpful. And of course, willing cause puppies are fun. Um, but I do feel like we're at a good uh, place where we can sort of set a precedent because I, I feel like pet care, there's kind of bare minimum and then there's ideal for your pet. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, like the dog park, probably Moxie would be fine without it, but it makes her life better. It makes your right. life better because she gets to run off all that steam and all that. So I think... Um, it's easy. I know because we had a dog who was almost 11 before she passed away and you get into kind of maintenance mode with pets. Whereas why not use, use your child labor, use your kids to, you know, pitch in to make that pets experience ideal and not just sort of the bare minimum. Um, Okay. Well, I still, I love hearing all these things that your kids do because it is a good um, peek into the future. Um, I want to talk briefly about how do you, when it is time for somebody to up their game a little bit, and this is kind of where I am, um, maybe some tips for introducing a new job or chore. And we've said before on this show, neither of you or I are big like systems or chore charts people. Um, but I actually find that is, that works in my advantage in this case, because I always feel like I'm not very good at following through if I say, OK, Allegra, now you are the new dishwasher unloader and you're going to do it every time and this is how we're going to do it from now on it's tempting it's tempting to think like that but the problem is if i'm not consistent about it then all of a sudden she thinks well i'm not actually the new dishwasher right, exactly. unloader i don't have to do this every time right so i i tend to sort of introduce things more gradually like i talked about earlier like just more as a skills approach as opposed to here's your new regular chore right and i don't know maybe now to know how to do this then. yeah and like i'm going to teach you a new skill rather than this is right. your new job and little by little it may actually turn into their new regular job but i don't usually introduce it that way first of all because it's usually going to meet with more resistance if you're like well you're now the laundry folder in the house um but also i feel like learning new skills is really what i want them to do anyway as opposed to some perfect family chore chart that may or may not work um yeah couple of my other we've talked about how summer I think summer is a good time for this they don't have the responsibility of school and I'm always really motivated in the summer to sort of up their life skills um education yeah, for sure and, and summer evenings just feels even just the evening portion feels so yeah. much less cramped yes to me than like a school evening when you have to worry about homework and getting to bed just right yeah. at the right time and all that so totally um, you know, with little ones, you can make it fun. You take time to teach them. They're usually eager to help. We've talked about that. Um, I also think it, like you were talking about with Owen, it really helps to know your kid. So Allegra, for example, really likes the idea of having more responsibility. I told her in fourth grade, which is what she's going into when school starts in the fall, I said, you're going to be packing all the lunches. And she was super excited. And now I don't yeah. know if we'll actually get there. Reed is, he would have the opposite reaction. It would make him very overwhelmed. He'd feel very put upon and insulted. And and he would I would get so much pushback before we even started. So for him, I have to just kind of start slow. But he's actually very, very capable and he's way more focused. So once he's pointed in the right direction and learns how to do something, he's old reliable. Like you talk about reliable William. So it's yeah. like he has to squawk at the beginning because he doesn't want to start something new or he doesn't want to help. But once he's once you like push all the right buttons and point him in the right direction, he's he's actually a great little 
workhorse. So they're just very different that way. So I think it helps to kind of know your kid, whether, you know, whether you make a game out of it, like you talked about, or whether they really like, if they like new challenges and new responsibilities, then that's kind of easy. If they don't, you have to approach it a different way. Yeah. I, I think for me, like one of the things for, it depends on the job, eh? Um, teaching when I was originally teaching my kids to take over things like the dishwasher, it took a lot of coaching yeah. and a lot of training, not just the skill, but just doing it, like yeah. doing it the right way every time. And not just when mom's watching like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that is something that I've definitely thought I, I talked a little bit about, I think in the episode about chores, um, I talked about my style, which sounds a little bit like what you do is like anybody in the house could do X. Right. But I might ask. So I may ask any one of them at any given yeah. moment because it's more about me managing. Yeah. Like managing the household. That said, occasionally we do have specialists in uh-huh. the house. And for example, like right now, you know, I used to do most of the laundry myself. Um, but when we got the cat, we ended up putting a baby gate at the bottom of the basement, like the first flight of basement stairs like mm-hmm. down to the landing because the dog kept going down there and eating her food and stuff. Okay. And terrorizing her. So now to go down there, you have to climb over the fence and the gate. And I don't want to. I just don't want to. Like, yeah. that's really, I mean, I can, I'm capable. I just don't want to. So at some point, I just asked William to start doing it. And now he's learning, like, you know, you have to sense, like, you got to make sure the settings are correct. Otherwise, the clothes won't get dry all the way and, and right. all this different stuff. And he's kind of taking over that. And it's working for now. And so for now, he, spe- he is a laundry specialist. I never asked him or said he had yeah. to be. But I just now I'm kind of relying on him to keep up with that stuff. And like the kids all have their certain pet care jobs right now because right. it's a lot easier than having mo- moving parts that I have to keep track of. Right. And cat and pets can really be like an out of sight, out of mind thing. I'm yeah. not looking in the hamster cage yes. every day. So that kind of stuff I find helps to have kids in charge of specific things. Yeah. But when it comes to stuff like who's unloading the dishwasher, it's whoever's unfortunate enough to, yeah, to be nearby when yeah. I decide it needs to be unloaded. Yeah, I think <laughs> it sounds like you have a really good balance. And it, it almost reminds me like when we've talked about there's this idea that we have to have perfectly well-rounded kids. And we've talked about it with regard to like sports and activities and their interests. But it's almost the same. Like, yes, ideally, you want to put out an 18 or 19 year old who has learned these skills. But it's not going to always look like a perfectly well-rounded kid you know I think read for read for a good two years was ready for some of this stuff but he was in a really hard place like so socially emotionally like he we, everything was a Socio- fight with him Socio- is yeah is that a word yeah i don't know that I sounds know. fancy let's, let's go with it that sounds let's do that um and i was thinking about and how much easier he is and part of it it was it, he was just kind of a hard kid when he was like i would say four and a half to five and a half like in there whereas everything was a fight that was not a good year to start to make him unload yeah. the dishwasher because i couldn't even yeah. like I, we had like basic fundamental issues about getting him to speak kindly to people and like just do what he was asked and everything was a fight and now it's not that way so now he's ready for more so I guess my point is it's not it's not like okay they turn five they do this job they turn seven they do this job and it's always going to look like an even acquisition of skills I just don't think so so I think it sounds like I like hearing it sounds like you have a good balance between kids who can contribute in different ways but also like it's William's year of laundry and it just happened that way and you know, he may be more proficient in that than the other kids, but it works for now. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. It's, and it, it's an evolving thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stay one way. And you might be in a place right now where it just makes sense for kids to do it this certain way. And then suddenly it doesn't make sense anymore. And you change it. And um, I, I guess my advice would be don't get too stuck in something like 
always having worked or being the perfect system because yeah. it won't be perfect forever. No, it won't. Um, I have one more little tip and then we'll move on. And this one I got from KJ Delantonia, um, who we've talked about. She has the Am Writing Podcast, hashtag Am Writing Podcast, but she's also writing a parenting book um, and did some writing about chores. And one tip, and you probably have done this without even knowing it is to pair up big kids and little kids. Cause she has four yeah. kids. And um, I thought that was a great tip because helping a little kid. So say it's unloading the dishwasher or whatever the new job is. If you're trying to introduce a new job to a younger kid, um, putting some of the mentoring or training onto an older kid who already knows how to do it is serves a whole bunch of purposes. It's less, yeah. you know, you still may need to be like the boss's boss, like, you know, right. you, in your Downton Abbey, you're the Mrs. Hughes, but there's still mm-hmm. somebody who's teaching and overseeing and then they get to do it together. So I, yeah, um, and that's I think good for leadership skills for the older kid and, and as well. Um, yes. And they get the sense of it taking some of the load off of their. Exactly. No, that's not really true. Most of the time, it's actually probably more work. But right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, my own, yeah. The only caveat I would give to that is, again, make sure you're matching up the right sets of kids. Yeah. <laughs> because not all youngers and little, you know, youngers and biggers work. Right. Biggers and littlers work well together. Yes. Um, so sometimes totally that works. Sense. And sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Just yeah. like with everything. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive in June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. So, okay, taking this outside the house, and I thought this would be fun to talk about the types of life skills kids need eventually out in the world. And I find it's very similar. I forget that kids are sort of ready for things until it's right in front of me. And then I think, oh, okay, here we are. Right. They need they need some coaching or need some independence in this area. So um, this is going to be probably pretty different because your kids are so independent out in the world. But do you want to throw out a couple of examples to kind of start us off? Well, I will say one thing I, I made a point of doing with even my oldest. And, you know, that, again, when you have a bunch of littler kids under the oldest, it sometimes 
takes you a while to realize they're capable of doing stuff. Yes, yes. On the other side, when you have a youngest and all the older kids are doing everything, you sometimes forget they're capable as well. So yes. So mm-hmm. both ends, you get it, right? Um, it was a big deal to me that Jacob and Isaac were able to do things like walk to the corner store and um, go in and buy something and pay and express themselves to yeah. the cashier and get their change and come home. From a pretty young age, it helped that they were close in age and that they hung out together all the time because I was able to start getting Isaac out there, who was a little more shy and reserved, earlier than I probably got Jacob out there, who just happened to be more social and more forward. So that worked out pretty well. Um, Clara has not had a lot of experience taking herself places like that, but she is great at, it kind of impressed me, like recently we were at the YMCA and I don't remember where, I think I was talking to another mom or something and um, I was going to be doing a class and Clara was just going to be sitting there um, drawing while I was in my class and she went up to the front desk and asked if she could borrow a pencil and asked for the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> so, I mean, she just like took care of it and yeah. didn't ask, she didn't even ask me just was like, Oh, this is a need I have. And there are some helpful adults behind that, yeah. behind that counter there. And that's their job. And just the fact that she figured that out. And this is when she was still seven. I just kind of impressed me. Well, I want to um, jump in really quick there because because that Clara took that initiative on her own. But if your kids don't, that's a great time to give them those skills is when they ask for you. Like, mom, can I, can yeah. I get a pencil? And do you know the Wi-Fi password? And it's yep. so, for some reason, it's like a mental shift where you have to be like, it's just like my kids asking me for a glass of water and me saying, sure, help yourself. Right. It's like the same thing. You say, well, you could go, you could go ask. And right. depending on the kid, they might actually need help or they might just, it might just not have occurred to them because you've been doing it for them. So, yeah. And I remember actually doing the same thing with Owen and Owen would have to almost kind of like role play through the whole thing and be like, okay, so what do I say? And then what if they say this? Yes. And then what do I say in return? I'm like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Just, you just walk up and you ask for what you need. And yeah. I can't tell you what they're going to say right? because human beings are unpredictable. Um, I can tell you they're not going to yell at you until you right. leave. <laughs> right. Pretty much for sure. Uh, they might not be able to help you. And sometimes, so I had to kind of with him, I had to kind of go through those possibilities. Yeah. So they might not be able to help you and that's okay. You can just say thank you and walk away and come back to me and then I'll help you. But right. Um, or maybe they won't understand you or whatever. I mean, there's lots of things that could happen, but probably the, it's not going to be scary. Yeah. No matter what it is. And yeah. that, you know, it just took a little extra coaching with him. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's great. Well, we don't have a corner store, but I guess the example for us would be letting, you know, letting kids pay for stuff, especially when they do have their own money. We try to, they think it's fun to stand in line yeah. and pay for stuff and get change and all of that. Um, recently, Reed actually had buyer's remorse. He was with my parents and picked out a souvenir with some money that he'd gotten and then had total buyer's remorse and like started to have a meltdown. And my mom kind of, I, I was not even there, can't take credit for this parenting moment, but my mom like explained how you, how you can go ask if there's an exchange or a return policy and he had to go up and (laughs) my mom said it was cute he gave like way more information than they needed about why he wanted to return this item but he did it and he got his money back and he was able to buy what he wanted so you know those are great lesson yeah those opportunities i think do present themselves but it can be hard especially if you're busy with younger kids or like yeah like i said we don't have a corner store so that would have to look like something different for us but yeah and i want to also say like i think a big part of this a, a big part of allowing your kids to like to grow these kind of independent skills is not feeling sheepish or defensive about the fact that like sometimes then the village does get involved like that you're sort yeah. of you're you're basically buying into that so yeah. you can't have it both ways you really can't have it like your kids are going to be independent but no other adults ever allowed to correct them or talk to them <laughs> right or tell them so an example of that would be a few months ago i thought this was really funny um you know where we live in michigan there's tons of breweries 
Uh-huh. Um, I guess this was actually just a couple of months ago because it was like an unseasonably warm day, but it was still, we were outside. So there's like this live music and a lot of the brewers are very family friendly. So mm-hmm. in this one, there's like a big outdoor play area and there's live music and um, there's treats inside and like kid drinks. Mm-hmm. And but there's still a long line because you have to stand on the same line. And then there's all these board games. So Claire okay. wanted to get a root beer. And I said, sure. And I handed her money. And her little friend who was a couple years younger was standing there. And I said, take, um, take, I can't remember who the kid was now, but it's like, take this kid with you and go get your, each, get yourself a, a, a drink and just bring me back the change. And so she's gone for a while and I can see her in the line and she's kind of waving at me. Well, I guess after they got their drinks, they went over to the board game pile and picked out cards against humanity oh, God. <laughs> and started walking away with it. And she said like, and so she came and told me the story. I didn't see yeah. it, but she said that as she was walking with cards against humanity in her hands, these other adults kept stopping her and saying, honey, I don't think that's for you. Like, did you ask your mom about that? Yeah. Yet? And so she got talked to by a lot of yeah. adults and she was like, they all, and she's like, why well, is it really bad? And I said, it's not for kids. It's, you know, it's yeah. a grown up game. But I mean, that's a big part of being in the world is dealing with other adults. And I can't then get offended. Because no, other no. Adult, or, and I don't feel defensive about it. I mean, right. it's a funny, silly little mistake. It's not like, it's not like everyone was like, oh, can you believe right. that mother let her child walk over and right and handle the cards against humanity box? If I looked at it through that light, it would make it much more difficult for me to allow her to do stuff like that and learn those things. Right. So I have to really, even when I sometimes have that little uh, flash of like, oh, no, what will people think? I really have to like suppress that. Absolutely. And I think it's really good for the kids because it is certain personalities um of kids do get very sensitive if they're corrected by someone else. And I, right. I feel like all my kids are actually a little bit like that, even if someone is not speaking harshly, but they just right. have that like deer in headlights, like they broke a rule or did something right. wrong. And their reaction is much different than if I had said, Oh, Hey, you know, that game's not for kids. Let's put it back. Um, so if anything, it's like exposure therapy. I actually want my kids to be in practice of getting not reprimanded, but just feedback. Yes. Getting feedback. Exactly. Feedback yeah. about interacting in the world from different kinds of adults and being being told by the lifeguard at the pool, like, oh, you know, we're on a break. You can't go in there right. and not having yeah. it be traumatic. And it, I mean, some it's, it's sort of cute. Some kids really are. And it's becomes from their wanting to follow the rules and stuff. But yeah. that's a, a good reason why. Very rule oriented. Very, very, yeah. very. So I could tell. I mean, I can tell just from the way she described it to me that people were good natured about it. Right. They thought it was really funny. Yeah. But part of her was like, oh, was it bad? Like, did you know, did like, I do what did I do? And yeah. what did I do? And I'm like, it's OK. I mean, you didn't know. It's not a yeah. big deal. Um had you gotten all the way here, I would have told you to put it back anyway. Right. So it didn't really, it wasn't like a big deal, but it was just kind of funny. I like what you said about exposure. Like the more that kind of thing happens and she realizes you can make a mistake and someone can point the mistake out to you and it doesn't mean they hate you and you're in trouble and it doesn't mean the world's going to end. The more she learns that now, the better off she's going to be. So yeah. And she'll just be socially more natural about it and not freak out about it. And none of those opportunities present themselves if we're always two inches from our kids. And I don't mean two and three and four year olds. I mean, you know, we're talking about this sort of middle grade, um, letting them have a little longer leash, so to speak. Um, I want to talk about kind of that same idea, but around the neighborhood, because summer's like an outside time. And um, just to mention, we did do a couple of episodes about kind of this idea of free range parenting and all of that. And I'll link to those in the show notes, but it's been a long time. um, And I think it's worth revisiting. One thing I have noticed that either my tendency or just society's tendency is this sort of protect, 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 and then congratulations, you're 11. Here's a cell phone (laughs) or here or like go to the corner store. Um, And maybe that's because it seems we like uh, we like 
we like there to be a strategy for things and we like them there to be a recommended age. Like now your kid is eight. They don't need a booster. Well, Great. The, I think that recommended age is the heart is the, is the sticky point. Yeah. Because your kid is ready for X when they get 11. Well, that doesn't mean they're magically ready for X. No, they you have to get them ready. Exactly. And that's yeah. where, I, where I feel like my kids are in a lot of uh, independence out in the world is they're in training wheels, um, training wheels phase, which is right. so just to use like the outdoor neighborhood example, um, my kids wouldn't walk to our park by themselves. It's on a busy street, but a Laker can go pretty much. We have one long street without a lot of intersections. So you can kind of go up one way and down the other. Um, and I would let her pretty much go to the end of the street in either direction. If she were walking the dog or if she were going to run something to a neighbor's, um, and she's nine, but that would be different. If Reed would have a little, sh- I'd probably uh, want him to know where he's going. Like, yes, you can walk to this neighbor's house to, you know, drop this off and come right back. And then Violet, I would be out there spying on her the whole time because she's right. still not reliable about crossing the street. But I think for some reason we forget the part about how we have to let them practice. And right. that takes time. It's just like the chores inside the house. It takes it takes going out there and sort of spying on them and seeing how they do crossing the street. And it takes yeah. teaching and it's, it's all the same. So I think sometimes we we put off that training because it's time consuming. And instead we say, well, you're just not allowed to do this until you're 12. But then we forget that we got to get them ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the same note, um, this is kind of silly and funny, but this has happened to me before, especially I think this happens easily when you have multiple children. Yeah. Um, an example I'm thinking of is we moved into the house we live in now five years ago and um, it's on a busy street. And on the other side of the street is most of the stuff the kids want to do, frankly. So like, the, the ballpark is on yeah. the other side of the street. When the kids have tennis lessons in the summer, that's on the other side of the street. You have to cross the street to get to the school where it is. Uh, the park, like a lot of their friends, blah, blah, blah. And so when we moved in, let's see, Owen was six. Uh, Clara was, is that right? Yeah, Clara was three. Yeah, that's great. Um, so in my mind, the only kids that were capable of crossing that street at that time were Jacob and Isaac. Right. And then I just sort of forgot to update that yeah. in my mind. Like, I just never really objectively thought about it again. So if any of the other kids wanted to go anywhere that they had to cross the street, I would say no. And then finally one day I'm like, well, this is like really <laughs> silly. Like, William was 13 and yeah. I'm, uh, William and um, Owen is 11. It was like, yeah. they need to be able to cross that street. And yeah. this was a little, this was, I guess, last summer. So they were 10 and 12, but it was like, oh, so I had them do it in pairs at, at first. Yep. And I would watch out the front door to make sure they did it safely. And then it was like, okay, you're good. You can yeah. cross that street. And Sometimes I think you just get so caught up in what your reality was, you forget yeah. what your reality is. And so that was another one of those, like, oh, duh, like things changed. Yeah. They got bigger. Yeah. Uh, I think that happens yeah. a lot, too, when you have sibling pairs. And I've talked yes. on this show before about how Allegra just is really naturally mature and has a really good natural common sense. And she's the older. So he could, Reed could follow her around until he was like 18 and he'd be fine yeah. as long as she was there. Right. And um, because he's younger and isn't just kind of as naturally common sense about those kinds of things it has taken but like i said he's just now at this prime place where he's mature enough he's not so darn ornery about everything so this is like the summer of reed being able to take on some of those but yeah it just it's really easy to fall into that um and then you look up and it's three years later um I know. I don't, do your kids take public transportation? I think Jacob did, right? When he was in Chicago or that's um, Jacob quite a bit don't, Well, Jacob now is in Lansing and he, he right. takes it regularly like, okay. all the time. Um, and when Isaac spent some time in Chicago, he took it a, a lot too. 
So, I think yes. that's another, I mean, not every family living situation. Really yeah. And, yeah. and we don't, nobody takes it here, but I remember doing a test run on a city bus with my friend in junior high because we were going to be starting to take public transportation more when we went to the big junior high. And, um, like our moms bought us a bus pass and sent us to McDonald's and back. But that was just a great, it was great because it was like you watching them cross the street. Like it was a controlled environment and we felt really big and cool. Right. And, you know, sometimes you just sort of have to create those scenarios. Um, another one that we're sort of encountering is using the bathroom alone if we're in a restaurant or a Starbucks or something and sending, you know, I've been sending Allegra in for a while on her own. Um, but read part of part of it is they're so little if, you, if they can't reach the sink or you think they're going to get stuck in there in some way. And, you know, not all bathrooms, not all public bathrooms are created equal. I wouldn't send right. them into a gas station where I couldn't see them or something. But that's another one where you get in the habit of taking everybody in with you for so long for so many years you're like somebody has to pee we're all going into the bathroom and obviously you don't do that anymore because you've been out of it but there there's a point a transition point and that's kind of where we are and you know read you know how little boys can go in with mom for a long time and people still probably wouldn't bat an eye because he's pretty little and all that but i'm like no you can go in the men's bathroom by yourself and he's like oh like (laughs) i can so yeah it's just it happens. Yeah, and I, I know I've told um, the story before, and I won't I won't tell it with the same names attached. Now that they're <laughs> all older, I'll try to save. I'll try to reserve some uh, anonymity for the kids. Yeah. But um, the way I solved that was to have olders go in with littlers. Yeah. In public situations, and we did have a situation where they all went in and never came out. <laughs> and it was because one of them was having a bathroom issue that was just wasn't really an issue. It was just a, a, a time. It was taking a while. It was taking a while. And we were at the fair and I freaked out and sent the cops in. I mean, it was like, yeah. yeah. And then I had a huge meltdown. It was not one of my finer moments, but that kind of thing, you know, cause no one thought to come out and tell me, right. They all just stayed in yeah. there and I was yeah. like, you, it was like 45 minutes. Yeah. It was really long. And so they're all like, well, you told us to stay together. Yeah. Which is totally true. I did tell them to stay together, but I didn't mean all four of them had to stay yeah. together the entire time. That was they took my, uh, they took it, they very, took it very, very literally. literally, but that's actually a so. great example of, I know there's research out that says that in, in trying to protect our kids from the really, really, really bad stuff. I mean, I'll let your imagination, like, you know, your little boy goes into a bathroom and doesn't come out, like right. let your mind go to the worst possible place. And that's what we try to protect them from. But in doing so, we're actually robbing them of the life skills needed to protect them if they were in that situation. Does that make sense? Yes, so like absolutely. if they've never been into a public bathroom by themselves, and done it a million times normally and know how people are supposed to behave in public bathrooms and what's appropriate and what's not and when to get help because they've never actually practiced using a bathroom by themselves. So we're actually arming them for the worst case scenario by allowing them to experience what may feel like an uncomfortable amount of independence at first. And and it doesn't take into uh, into account the fact that like well, we always think of the worst case scenario. We don't think about the millions of much smaller yeah. issues they could run into that are much, much more likely. Yes. Um, like, for example, a kid getting sick in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how would they deal with that? How would they get help? So not only is it making that worst case scenario more likely because they're not going to ask for help, but it's also making, like, lots of little discomforts <laughs> and little minor emergencies more yeah. likely because they don't, they, they're not even thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. Like, everyone's freaking out thinking, you know, about the the one in a million chance that there's a, a predator lurking in the bathroom. Right. There's a lot more things that can happen yeah. in the bathroom that are a m- lot more likely to happen. So I and, try, I'm not always perfect, but I try to 
think proactively about those and not about the stuff that I have yeah. really no control over. Yeah. And kids feel really accomplished when they get themselves out of a situation that, you know, there was no soap. So, you know, here's what I did. Or, you know, like they, yeah. when they can problem solve on their own, it's not just the immediate win for that day and they feel really proud, but it's sort of building those life skills that yeah. really help over time. Sure. Um, well, we have really almost run out of time here. I'm, I'm just wow. kind of impressed at how much we've talked long. about. Um, we we kind of <laughs> wanted to offer a little challenge up to our listeners because I'm always every time I read something about this or hear it I'm always really inspired myself to be like okay everyone's going to become more independent um and like we've talked about it it ebbs and flows and you can't beat yourself up if you're you know if you are still filling all the water glasses for your kids that's okay too but we thought it'd be fun if there is one thing that you want to stop doing for your kids because you know they're ready to do it on their own and that might be tying their shoes it might be getting their own snack might be buckling themselves in the car unbuckling themselves or whatever it is in the car if you can just get them there your life will change i know your life will completely change (laughs) but if you want to share that on social media tag the mom hour or use the hashtag the mom hour and tell us what you've decided to you know, stop doing for your kids for their own good and then tell us how it's going. So I would love to see tags and hashtags on social media sharing what different people have chosen to stop doing. And it can just be one simple thing. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there, but kids want you to wipe their rear ends a lot longer than they need you to. Exactly. It's like, so whatever you decide, let us know. Don't show a picture of that one. But um, (laughs) yeah, share with us on social media or send us an email if you prefer to do it that way. And let us know what you've decided to free up your time with by empowering your kids to do it themselves. Yeah, do it. I'm excited about this. And I, and honestly, mine is going to be, um, I have to I have to really rethink this because I didn't think so strategically about this until we started talking about this topic or thinking about this topic. But for me, it's going to have to shift from the how to the why. And yeah, that's going to have to be like a bigger conversation about integrity, which is yeah. like a lot harder. It's a lot harder to have those conversations and have them stick because yeah. they don't stick right away. It takes a long time. To yes. Stuff, but bigger kids. Yeah bigger problems. Is that yeah, what they say? It is so true. Um, I think my, my main focus right now is the loading of one's own dishes in the dishwasher. So I'm just going to stop doing that and ask yeah. them to do it when they're, when they're right there in front of me. I don't know that I'll let the dishes pile up in the sink, but that's, that's a challenge for another time. Right. Um, okay. Well, before we completely wrap up, just a quick reminder, our sponsors today, Kind Snacks. If you want to go to kindsnacks.com slash the mom hour, you'll get an assortment of kind bars for 10 bucks and free shipping. Great way to try out all their flavors. And BarkBox, BarkBox is BarkBox.com slash mom hour. And you get a free month when you sign up for six or 12 months. So both of those awesome sponsors, we will link to them in the show notes, which are at themomhour.com. This was episode 108. Um, And stay with us because Katie and I have a fun little segment coming up next. Hey, everyone, it's Sarah here, and I am back with Katie, our resident new mom, for another fun segment where Katie gives us one struggle, one success, and one discovery from her life as a mom of two little ones, ages two and about nine months. So, hello, Katie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. So, what do you have for us today? Well, it just so happens that I went to an amusement park this past week, and as we're approaching summer, or actually in the midst of summer now, it's hot outside in Southern California. I have a struggle discovery and a success, all amusement park themed nice. because all of those things were definitely packed into yeah. my day of yes. fun. Many ups and downs. <laughs> Many ups and downs. Exactly. So my struggle 
was uh, Luke, my baby, is eight and a half months old, and he's my hefty baby. Uh-huh. And and I always dreamed of a hefty baby, and he's, you know, I love shopping in the plus size section for him. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. There is no such thing. But um, he... You know, at at an amusement park, you can't take your stroller into lines, into restaurants, basically, even into theaters, which are like open air, lots of space, you'd think. But um, so I wore him in the backpack or the the baby carrier, Mm -hmm. and it's like carrying a lead weight, Mm -hmm. like just a big boulder. It's like almost as bad as pregnancy. But twice, yeah. the, twice the weight. I mean, yeah. it's just an awful combination yeah. with hot. heat, yeah. hot. Yeah. So that was my struggle, and I definitely felt I continued to feel the struggle mm-hmm. days after because my lower back was hurting because mm-hmm. I was toting him around all day. Yeah. So from the hours of about ten to we made it, we were in the car on our way home by two mm-hmm. thirty. So. Hmm. That was my what kind of struggle. Do you have? So I have an ergo. Okay. Ergo baby. Did you have? have you, yeah, I love the ergo. Have you put him on your back yet? I have not put so them on by, the back. So I think I started about nine months, too. Now, I only had the Ergo with my third kid. I wish I'd had it sooner. Because Allegra had, was your hefty baby. Allegra was so big. But she was also the first, so she didn't get worn very often. Like, okay. that was the stage where, like, unless we were in an airport or somewhere where a stroller just didn't make sense, and then she your was hands so... hands were free. Your hands were free. Right. And she just got used to the stroller, and I didn't need it. It was the second baby. So my baby wearing after that was always Moby wrap for newborns. Yep. Um, at home, around the I house. The Moby. the Moby is hard when you're out of the house so yes. around the house Agreed. with new babies even up to six months or so where they're sleeping and they want to be all nestled close to you for sure i loved the moby wrap and i know there's other good ones and then um even reed didn't get worn quite as much out and about again i don't know i just didn't need to or he got happy in the stroller by that point um Violet got worn everywhere in longest because my hands were officially, I was officially outnumbered. Third so child. the ergo I got with her, and I want to say I put her on my back around that age, eight or nine months. Okay. Um, and obviously everyone should look up the safety guidelines. Don't take me as professional baby wearing advice. But um, I've even seen babies a little younger than that being worn safely on the back. Okay. So I think back wearing is... Number one, really fun for babies who are alert enough to look around. It's like yeah. being on a piggyback ride. And it's so much more comfortable to okay. me. Okay. So I'm going to have to. That would be my tip as he's getting him. a little bit older. Now, if he were any younger, I wouldn't have said that anyway. So it's, you know, he's right. just a hefty baby. But I'm glad you have the ergo. I do think that's a really comfy one. Yes. Okay. So koala status, he will go. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I think it's fun. And, and I mean, for those who are still like toddler wearing, the ergo, I think, goes up to 45 pounds, which I have a child who's almost seven and weighs 45 pounds. Now, he's little, <laughs> but you could easily put a four-year-old on your back. It's basically yes. like a supported piggyback ride. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, okay. And I we'll just, look into this. Yeah, it's so comfy. Yeah. And I, I think it's fun. I think the babies like it and it's just a change. If you've been if you've been hauling a baby around on your front for nine months, it's a yeah. fun change for both you and him. So that's yes. my tip. Okay, awesome. So my discovery is actually related somewhat to the baby carrier, which is what I was wearing, which served as an amazing sun cover, uh. nursing cover, stroller cover, and this piece of clothing is a kimono. Ah, yes, nice. I'm actually yes. wearing it right now. Oh, okay, oh, she is literally wearing it right now. Will you put a picture? We'll have to put it on Instagram or in the show notes. For I this will. Episode. I will. And a kimono for for listeners, if you don't know what that is, it's basically a cape or like a almost like a robe. It looks like a thing. summer bathrobe, kind of a summer bathrobe. Yeah, yeah. Like, but lots of 
fab, like lots of flowy fabric, but it does have sleeves. So it's not right. I'm holding, I'm like physically holding up Katie's arms. Yeah. Okay. Armholes. Yeah. yeah. Armhole. Yes. Armholes, but very little structure. Very, very flowy. Little, very yeah. flowy. And so it's so breathable. Yeah. And so if you're at an, at an amusement park and temperatures could increase, I mean, yeah. it's so great because like I said, it's very breathable and just all coverage. Yeah. And no sun, like you're not gonna get weird tan lines because your skin is covered, but Light with light, breathable. Like yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Where is that kimono from, by the way? Nordstrom Rack. Nice. 20 bucks, I One think. One of my favorites. I know, me too. So then my success was naps in the car on the way home. Okay. So actually, I considered, you're going to shudder at this idea, Sarah, but I considered just throwing caution to the wind and just skipping their naps. That's what normal people do at Disneyland. <laughs> I am not a normal person. I know. Like, I literally didn't even go to Disneyland until... Like my kid, my older kids were done with naps, and you know, yeah, third kid, you do relax a little bit, right? Yeah, normal people wouldn't worry about naps at Disneyland. Yeah, I guess I'm not normal either then, <laughs> but but we are pass holders, so I feel like we yes. can go anytime for a short amount of time, right. and so we really don't need to skip naps. But I really wanted to see the 3:30 Frozen show okay. in the in the theater over at California mm-hmm. Adventure. It's such a great show, and um, but the kids were just melting down, yeah. so it was like a fail sort right. of that they were melting down but success that they napped in the car awesome. and um i even got to drive through coffee bean on my nice, way yes, nice to prolong their naps because yes. then if they're napping in the car you want to yes. like be in the car yes. as long as, as possible long as possible yes. nice nice yeah our our general mo has always been like hit someplace early and power through till nap time you yeah know? and then and then you're home you know for the rest of the evening i right. don't know right someday someday my kids will enjoy a day at an amusement park where it's truly like the whole day yeah so far we're just not there yet yeah all right well great tips i would love to hear if listeners have any um disney world disneyland or other amusement parks coming up you can always email us katie sees our emails to hello at the momhour.com or leave a comment on the show notes this will be in episode 108 um so that's where you can find the show notes for this episode we'll link to a couple of those uh baby wearing devices and anything else we talked about too and if you're rocking a kimono tag us on instagram or social media (laughs) totally i love it all right thanks katie thanks everybody bye the mom hour is brought to you by partners like chatbooks chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere instagram facebook google photos or directly from your phone The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.